Today on A Significant Life. Probably an intimidating task, too, to raise the Messiah. You think your child is hard, right? The Messiah, to raise him as a toddler, a teenager, a 20-something. She saw him praised by people, and she saw him put on a cross, and she watched him suffer and die on that cross. How did she do it? With the help and the strength of the Holy Spirit. What she carried for God was important, but listen, what God has called you to carry in your life is important too. It has eternal significance. I love this series that we're in called The Great Invitation. We are all invited to experience God who brings rest to the areas where we're weary in life and blessing to the areas where we've been burdened by life. Listen to the words of Jesus in Matthew's gospel. He said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle in heart, and you'll find rest for your soul. You know, I was thinking today as I prepared this message, without a relationship with God, uh, I'd be worn out from worry. I'd, I'd had a, have a whole lot of heavy burdens that I'd be carrying because of what's going on in the world. Because there's a lot. I mean, you know, there's a lot going on in our world, and we're raising kids in this world. But when we know God, and when we can trust Him, it changes everything, doesn't it? It changes everything. When we know the promises of God, when we know that we can pray, not that we don't have battles, not that we don't have issues and problems we have to get through, but we have help. Amen? Everybody say help. And so I want to talk to you about how to receive the help of the Holy Spirit in us and around us through the community that we're a part of. How many of you believe that we're better together? I do. I believe we're so much better together. So in John 16, the disciples were sad about Jesus leaving them. They'd been with him for three years, but Jesus said this. He said, it's to your advantage or benefit that I go, because if I don't, the helper will not come. But if I go, I'll send him to you. So now Jesus is saying, instead of me just being with you, with a few of you, you can ha- we can have Jesus with us. Amen? Not just Jesus with us, but Jesus in us by the Holy Spirit. Now, that's a good deal. That's a really good deal. Let me give you some good news today. If you're a believer, you have the Holy Spirit living in you. Amen. And that's a helper. And because of that, we can lean into his help every single day of our life. He helps us do God's will, whatever that looks like. Have you ever wondered, what what does a helper do? Why is he called the helper? What What does he help me do? Simple answer for all of us. He helps us do God's will. Whatever that looks like in our life. As parents, moms and dads, he'll help us raise our children well. The scripture says in Psalm 127, unless the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain. If you have kids today, you know it takes God's help to raise them, right? I had days when I had my four little ones, I wanted to pull my hair out and theirs too. But I didn't. (laughs) I needed the patience of the Holy Spirit, right? Uh, And and it was there, you know, just had to pull it out. But we need his help in all all kind of things, to handle life in the workplace, as a boss, employee. We need his help to manage and and to have a marriage that makes it these days and that, you know, just that thrives instead of just survives. We need the Holy Spirit's help. Whatever God's will looks like in your life, I tell you, you have help today. Everybody say help. Help. (laughs) Ooh. <laughs> somebody has somebody needs help. Now, 
<laughs> now, I've tried to get God to help me do my will before instead of his will, right? God, I think I have a really good idea. Why aren't you helping me? Because it was my will and not his will, right? I think all of us are here today, and we probably have prayers we are glad God didn't answer. Looking back. But the Holy Spirit will help us do God's will. He will help us receive what God has for us. I remember after my dad had a very powerful experience with the Holy Spirit. He received the baptism in the Holy Spirit in the late 60s. Um, he went from pastoring to traveling. He was do, having all kinds of meetings all over the nation, overseas. He was preaching. He, was, he had all these contacts and was going and blowing and having great results in what he was doing, but he was worn out. One day, the Lord visited him, visited him in a dream. And in this dream, he was driving his car, and Jesus was riding shotgun beside him. Now, it wasn't real. It was a dream. He saw Jesus. He knew it was Jesus because he saw his arm go up like this, and he saw his robe. Jesus pointed to the left. And um, when he pointed, my dad turned the car, because how many of you are going to go where Jesus tells you to go if he's sitting in your car, right? So he turned to the left, and he began to go up this mountain. As he went up the mountain, it was, had trees everywhere, but it cleared a path through the mountain. So he got to the very top of the mountain, and when he got there, he saw three crosses. He knew the middle one was Jesus' cross, so he jumped out of the car, ran to the cross, and he bent down to pick it up. He said he thought it was going to be so heavy, but when he bent down, he picked it up, and it was so light. He said it felt like styrofoam. It was so light. The Lord spoke to him and said this. He said, it's not my cross wearing you out. It's your own agenda that's doing that. See, my dad had gotten into a bunch of stuff that God uh, hadn't called him to. But he learned that day, through that message, through that dream, he got the message and changed things. He began to carry Jesus' cross, his will for him in that season. God's will won't wear us out. Aren't you glad? Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We get yoked up with Jesus, and he helps us carry what he's called us to in life. So I want to look at a scripture as our main text this morning. It's found in John chapter 14. This is what it says. It says, if you love me, Jesus said this, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him or knows him, yet, yet you know him, for he dwells with you, and he will be in you. Jesus said, I'm going to give you another helper. In other words, I'm going to give you somebody like me. And he's going to live not just with you, but he's going to live in you. How many of you know, I had a taquito this morning, and I'd rather have that taquito not just with me, I'd rather have it in me, right? No, it doesn't do us a whole lot of good just sitting there looking at it, right? It's in us that makes a difference. The word com help, helper in the uh, Greek language is comforter. In the King James, it's the Greek word parakletos. And I'll just tell you a funny story. I went to a Christian university, and they talked about the Holy Spirit a lot, and they told, you know, about him being the paraclete. So one time we had a skit, and we used a pair of baseball cleats to represent the Holy Spirit, a pair of cleats. Now, that's pretty dumb, isn't it? But it was fun, and I've never forgotten it. Everybody say paracletes. Paracletes means a counselor, intercessor, and comforter. So I'm going to say that again, a counselor, intercessor, and comforter. Uh, those are the, how the Holy Spirit works in our life and how we see Jesus work when he was on the earth. Jesus was called the Wonderful Counselor, and that means the Holy Spirit is a wonderful counselor too. He knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows our stories from the very beginning. He knows our struggles. He knows how to make, help us make progress wherever we may be today. I love that about him. He doesn't leave us stuck in life. He gives us wisdom on how to move forward. The scripture says, 
says his, guy, his job is to guide us into all truth. Well, they, Jesus met a lady in John 4, uh, a Samaritan woman that he met at the well. They had a conversation by this well. Jesus asked her from, for some water to drink because he was tired. And then he told her, he said he could give her living water so that she would never thirst again. Well, she wanted that water. But then Jesus began to deep, dig a little deeper into her heart like counselors do sometimes. They get down into the issues of our heart. He said to her, he said, go call your husband. Well, she didn't have a husband. She said, I don't have one. Jesus knew that. He said, you've had five husbands and the man that you're with now is not your husband. I'm sure she wanted to drop her water jar about then. She said, I could see you're a prophet. In other words, Jesus, you have just read my mail. You know my story. But Jesus saw this woman spinning her wheels and not getting anywhere in life, one relationship after another, and not finding what she was looking for. Jesus knew he had what she needed. See, the Holy Spirit is another Jesus. Maybe we don't know how to move forward in our marriage today, or maybe with a child that we're battling with. Maybe at work we're stuck in our career. Maybe we're tied up emotionally over something that's happened to us. The Holy Spirit has wisdom. He's a wonderful counselor. Jesus wasn't trying to call this woman out. He was trying to help her see what she really, really needed in life. She was looking for a person to satisfy the deepest needs of her heart. And Jesus wanted her to know that there was only one love that wouldn't fail her. There was something in him that would quench the thirst that she had forever. Amen. Aren't you thankful for Jesus? Well, Scripture says this. It says she left her water jar. She forgot all about getting water. She left her water jar, and she went and told the town about Jesus. She, Jesus ended up staying two more days. Everybody say two. Two more days in this town that didn't even like Jewish people. Samaritans and Jews were enemies of each other, but he stayed two more days. But the scripture says this, many from that town believed because of the woman's testimony, because of her story. You know, God will use our stories to draw others to himself. I love to hear people's stories of how they got to God, how of what God has done in their lives because it's inspiring, amen, it encourages. Psalm 78 says, tell, tells us as parents not to hide from our children and the next generation what God has done for us, his praiseworthy deeds. We need to tell our, our kids how God has changed our lives, don't we? Even if, even if, you know, even if our story's not all great, how many of you know Jesus changes us? Amen. He changes stories. Don't ever be ashamed of your story because Jesus will use it to help change other lives. Our pain can have a purpose. Thank God the struggles we fought through can strengthen other people's faith. Psalm 32, 8 says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. You know, God loves you so much today. He loves me. And, and he wants to counsel us through life. He doesn't want us to, to, to just feel like we're out there all by ourselves, but he wants to counsel us. Um, Sometimes I've asked God, God, why do I feel this way? Help me understand why I do this. What's behind this attitude that I have right now? What's behind this emotion? He'll reveal truth. He'll help us know what we don't know about our life. He'll guide us into all truth. And parents, he'll help us know truth about our kids too. It's dangerous to have parents who live close to God, Right? who know how to pray. I remember growing up with parents who lived close to God. And one of my parents, one time my parents went on a trip and decided that my oldest brother, Paul, was, was, was old enough to keep us by ourselves, all five of us, to watch over us. 
So they left us by ourselves for the first time. I think he was like 17. My dad said, now, while we're gone, nobody spends the night out of the house, okay? Well, I want everybody here. You know, I don't want you in, in anybody else's house but here at night. So we said, okay. Well, toward the end of the week, my little sister had a friend that was like family to us. And, and they were having a special day. It was a big something that they were having. So we ended up letting her spend the night there. We weren't supposed to, but we did. Well, that particular night, my dad calls. He talks to my brother, Paul. He talks to my sister, Lisa. <laughs> then he talks to me. Then he talks to my brother, Joel. And we're stalling and trying to change the subject to get him off the phone, right? We don't want him to know what we did. But then he says, I want to talk to my baby girl. So he said, your baby girl is not here. <laughs> and this is what he said. He said, I know it. The Holy Spirit told me that y'all let her stay somewhere, and that's why I'm calling. The Holy Spirit is a snitch, right? <laughs> he guides us into all truth, and sometimes that's not good for kids, right? <laughs> but he snitched on us to my dad, but listen, that's what he does. He helps us raise our kids. We are not alone. He helps us. He's a wonderful counselor, and my parents needed help with five kids. But you know, parents, I just want to say this to you. When you get that scratchy feeling on the inside, just like somebody explained it like this, like getting into the bathtub with your socks on, when that happens about one of your kids or something in your life, stop and say, Holy Spirit, what are you trying to say? What's, what's this about? And he'll help you. The Holy Spirit is a counselor, a wonderful counselor. Amen. The Holy Spirit is also our intercessor. He is the one who inter intervenes on behalf of another. He's our intercessor who helps us carry out God's purposes for our lives. He works with us as we pray and obey him. But you know, in Luke's gospel, we all know the story about Mary, the mother of Jesus, who was told by the angel that she would give birth without ever having been with a man. Well, the angel said, she asked, you know, the angel, how can this be? How can this happen? Well, the angel said this. He said, the Holy Spirit. He said, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you, and the power of the highest is going to overshadow you. And we know it was the Holy Spirit that caused Mary to conceive Jesus and carry out that promise, not just in giving birth, but being a mother to Jesus. Now, that was a pretty important task. It's affected our life today, which he carried for God, right? Uh, probably an intimidating task, too, to raise the Messiah. You think your child is hard, Right? the Messiah, to raise him as a toddler, a teenager, a 20-something. She saw him praised by people, and she saw him put on a cross, and she watched him suffer and die on that cross. How did she do it? With the help and the strength of the Holy Spirit. What she carried for God was important, but listen, what God has called you to carry in your life is important too. It has eternal significance eternal sin, but we don't do it alone. The dreams he births in us, he helps us carry in life. And one way he does that is through others, through the people that he puts in our lives. Right after Mary got the news that she was going to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit, she ran, the Bible says she ran to Elizabeth's house. And Elizabeth was actually an older lady, but she was also carrying a promise. She was carrying John the Baptist. She was carrying one of God's chosen people. So the scripture says that when Mary greeted, that greeted um, Elizabeth, that the baby leapt in her womb. The baby in Elizabeth's womb leapt. That was, there was a recognizing of something that God was doing right there. The Bible says that she stayed with her three months. How many of you know ladies have stuff to talk about, right? I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall to hear their conversation. 
between the mother of John the Baptist and the mother of Jesus. But God gives us people to encourage us, to help us recognize and stay with what God is doing in our lives. He joins us with people who will help us carry out our purpose. Pastor Jim says often, he says, there are some people who can talk all night and it seems like we can talk to all night and it seems like five minutes. There are other people that you can talk to five minutes and it seems like all night. Now don't look at anybody. (laughs) That's not bad. Here's, here's what that means. It means that God has relationships that he's ordained in our life so that we have the help we need. There's a connection. There's a God connection there with that per- person, and you know it. He used Joseph, Mary's husband. Four times God spoke to Joseph in a dream that protected and directed Mary and Jesus. Listen, we're all sitting around people today who will help us carry what God has called us to. There'll be examples in the faith to us, encouragers that will help us not give up. Not only does God intervene through people, but also through prayer. Romans 8 talks about the groaning that we have as people waiting for God to redeem us fully, to redeem our situations in life. How many of you like me are still waiting on God to fix some things, to redeem some things in your life? You're still waiting on prayers to be answered. It's not always easy to wait for things to turn around in our lives. But the scripture says the Holy Spirit helps us as we groan and as we wait. Listen to this scripture. It says, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. It goes on to say he intercedes for us according to God's will. He knows how to help us pray things out when we don't know how to pray. Amen? There have been so many times in my life when I haven't known how to pray for something. But I can pray in in the spirit. I can pray in my prayer language. And he uses that to pray through me. You know, there's, I want to tell you first, and Jim has shared this this many times, but I'm going to share it again today because I'm preaching, not him, right? (laughs) It's my turn now. No, No, he's talked before when I was 32 weeks pregnant with our daughter, Andrea. That's one of the blessings I wouldn't have today if not for the Holy Spirit. I was 32 weeks pregnant. I had pain in my stomach. Went to the doctor that day. They said, you're okay. You just pulled some ligaments. I laid down on my bed, and I didn't, let me preface this, laid down on my bed uh, and felt, just felt the pain, but felt the Holy Spirit too. Jim, just on Sunday of that week, two days earlier, he had never done this before, never done it since, but he began to pray over me. He gave me a word in, in tongues, and then he began to tell me what God was saying. He said, this baby that you're carrying is going to, I'm still in bed, right? I was just waking up, hadn't had my coffee yet, and so I was like, what? <laughs> so, so he said, this baby that you're carrying is going to come quietly and unannounced, quietly and unannounced, but prepare your heart, for in her latter days, she'll do a mighty work for me. Well, you know, I didn't have any idea what that meant, but two days later, I was hurting, laying on my bed, and I called my doctor in Houston. He said, go to the hospital right now. Within just probably three hours, my baby girl, Andrea, was born. She was life-flighted to Houston, and, you know, she was still very tiny. Her lungs weren't developed, but it was the word of the Lord that kept me at peace, that kept us at peace, because I knew God said in her latter days she's going to do a mighty work. So I knew she'd live. I knew she would live, and it brought such comfort to my heart. But see, God, that's what God does. There's a mama in here this morning. She had a daughter that was raised in church, but she got into her late teens and really began to rebel. She got around around the wrong crowd. She got into drugs and alcohol. She really got into some dangerous situations. But this girl had a praying mom 
and a praying dad. And the Holy Spirit would wake my friend up in the middle of the night to pray for her daughter. He won't do it for us, but he'll use us and pray through us, right? And she would pray and she would pray until she felt the Holy Spirit had lifted and that the job was done praying through for her daughter. Well, it didn't happen overnight, but her daughter came back to the Lord wholeheartedly. She's serving God. She's on fire for God. She has kids of her own, and they even do women's conferences together. But this is what her daughter said. She says this. She said, I don't think I'd be alive today if it wasn't for the prayers of my mother and my father. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. He helps us when we don't know what to do. Amen. We have had a team of prayer intercessors here for over 40 years that have prayed for God's call and purpose to be fulfilled in this church. They've helped us pray pray through some of the toughest attacks that the enemy wanted to use to stop God's work. But we're not carrying this church alone. Amen. Jesus builds his church and the Holy Spirit carries us. Peter said this. Can we give our intercessors a good hand just to thank them for praying all these years? Peter said that the prophets were human, just like me and you, but they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. I tell you, I've lived long enough to know that I want to be carried along by the Holy Spirit. How about you? Amen? He's our intercessor who helps us connect heaven to earth. Then lastly, the Holy Spirit is our comforter. He holds us together when we go through seasons of life that bring pain and heartbreak. In Luke's gospel, we read about Jesus going to the town of Nain. It was a very small farming community on the steep slopes of Mount Tabor. Scripture says that Jesus left Capernaum and went to Nain. And it was about a 25-mile walk uphill to get to this place. It would have probably taken him more than a day to get there. Nain was off the beaten path, so if you wanted to go there, you really, if you wanted to be there, you really had to want to get there, right? So Jesus got to the town as he was going into the city with his crowd of people. There was another crowd of people coming out of the city, and it was a funeral. They were about to bury the only son of a widow. The scripture says this about Jesus. When the Lord saw her, his heart overflowed with compassion. Don't cry, he said. This lady had not only lost her husband, but now scholars say this was her only child, and it was a son. The grief had to be incredibly grief just in that. But beyond that, he was the only one left to provide financially for her and care for her as she got older. The future for this widow, this lady, wasn't looking very hopeful. But Jesus showed up right in time. He stops the casket, and he raises his son from death. Scripture says he gives them, he gives him back to his mother. Isn't that a beautiful story? What a beautiful thing to be able to give a child back to his mother. Big miracle in a little town. Big miracle in a little town. The first person he ever brought back to life was in the town of Nain. And I want to say this. I know our stories don't always end this way. I know people in this room because I know your stories and I know my stories. Sometimes Jesus has to get us through the grief of loss Betrayal, divorce, heartache of some kind. Sometimes our dreams don't get resurrected like we want them to. But I can tell you this for sure. Jesus' heart always goes out to you. The Bible says that he is close to the brokenhearted. I think he's reminding us. He found a lady, think about this, who didn't have a name. They didn't name her. All that we know. Her by is by her town. But I think he's reminded us that wherever we live today, 
We can find, he can find us. He can bring the comfort. He can bring the strength that we need. He can redeem situations that are difficult in our life. Scripture tells us this. He's the father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles, all of our troubles. Everybody say all. Not one trouble we have on earth that he won't comfort us. We can trust him in trouble. Hebrews tells us at his throne we find grace to help in time of need. Everybody say help. I want to use that scripture because I want to give you a word, good word picture here before I close. That word help, grace to help, is only used one other time in scripture. And it's in Acts 27 where Paul is in this terrible storm at sea. It's a hurricane, really, like storm, the Bible says, that lasts for two weeks. So Paul is out at sea on a boat, and that boat is being tossed and turned and beginning to fall apart. The scripture says all hope of being saved was gone. So Acts, verse, or in Acts, verse, Acts 27 verse 17 says this, then they passed ropes or helps, that's what the King James uses, helps under the ship to hold it itself, to hold it together. They passed ropes or helps under the ship to hold it together. That word help is a nautical term. It means to frap a boat. Now I know you're like me, you probably don't know what frap, the only frap I know is Starbucks. That's the only time I've ever heard that word frap. But listen, so what they did, so they took, they wrapped the boat with this thick cable-like rope, ropes to hold it together till it made it through the storm. What a beautiful picture right there of the grace of God. What the grace of God does in our life. It envelops us, it holds us in place till we get to the other side of our storms in life. God knows how to do that in each and every one of our lives, whatever the situation looks like. Paul made it through that storm and so did 276 others on board. That just tells me that it matters who's in your boat. It matters who's in our boat, doesn't it? Those people were blessed to have Paul because he knew how to pray. He knew how to get hold of God. I want my people to be full of people who know how to walk with God, don't you? I need them in my boat. And so much of our comfort comes through from God through the people in our life. He says he comforts us so that, everybody say so that, so that we can comfort others in trouble with the comfort we've received. It's wonderful to receive comfort from people who have been through similar things like we have through our words, our prayers, and acts of service, God uses us to comfort one another. Thomas Edison said, opportunity is missed by most people because it's dressed in overalls and looks like work. There's effort in serving people, doesn't it? There's effort in serving children, our family, raising kids. But there's so much joy in helping to lift others' burdens. When my father passed away in, in 1999, it was on a Saturday, and I came to our second service on Sunday morning. And I was right in this room over here, and I'll never forget the pastor across the street, Pastor Teo, came over to see me. Just made a special trip after his service or before, between services, just to tell me he was thinking for, of me, and he was praying for me. It blessed me so much. I've never, ever forgotten what he did. It was just a little thing, but it made a big difference, right? Scripture says that we are to, bear, to carry each other's burdens. So thank you, church family, for doing that so well. You're truly an amazing church family. So thank you. Give yourself a hand clap today. I hope you're enjoying this series as much as I am on the great invitation that Jesus gives us. We all know what it means to have a weary, burdened soul, don't we? 
And it's really a game changer when we realize that our weariness and our weakness really gives us an opportunity to experience God's love. The Apostle Paul wrote about it this way. He said, I delight in my weakness because that's when I experience God in the most helpful and heartwarming ways. And he encouraged us all that God wants the very same for us. But now today, in this message, God makes it clear that he wants even more than that. He wants us to experience the beauty of who he is within community. And that's because God not only cares about making my life better, he wants to make our life experiences better within our families, our church families, our communities. And we share that passion that's in God's heart. And we wanna thank you for helping us bring this broadcast to people all over the world and for helping us nurture people and families and church families. So we're at our best in communities that need us to be at our best for Jesus' sake. Pastor Jim Graff's A Significant Life Ministry invites you to be a part of what God is doing around the globe. Partnering with several local agencies in our hometown of Victoria, Texas, our mission outreach exists to share God's love by providing meals to the homeless, restoring lives through our women's shelters, and working directly with our schools to invest in our next generation. Internationally, we continue providing food and supplies for Ukrainian refugees in Poland and building homes for those who lost theirs in the ongoing devastation of war. Our work in Syria offers church planters ongoing training and resources to be successful and effective. And in India, children forced into sex work are receiving a first-class education and an understanding of redemption through our House of Palms. For over 30 years, our ministry teams have been a huge part of blessing the unreached, marginalized, and forgotten through prayer, financial support, and training. But we cannot do it alone. Won't you consider joining us? To be a part of what A Significant Life is doing worldwide, visit asignificantlife.com.